0: Brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. Don't leave home without it.
1: The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
2: Narada Radio Theatre brings you
3: Rad Central Station.
2: As a bullet seeks its target, shining rails in every part of our great country are aimed at Grand Central Station, part of the nation's greatest city drawn by the magnetic force of the fantastic metropolis. Day and night, great trains rush toward the Hudson River, sweep down the eastern bank for 140 miles, flash briefly by the long red row of tenement houses south of 125th Street, dive with a roar into the two-and-one-half mile tunnel which burrows beneath the glitter
3: and swank of Park Avenue, and then... Grand Central City. Crossroads of a million private lives. Gigantic stage on which are played a thousand dramas daily. Now, the Narada Radio Company presents with Pride, Grand Central Station's traditional Christmas play. A drama you will long remember.
2: After the train from Albany pulled in, no one, not a single person actually saw the young man with soft brown hair and soft brown eyes come through the gate. Still unseen, he walks the length of the great waiting room, now strangely tranquil as travel ebbs on Christmas Eve. Quietly, he goes out the door, down the street, and then up the broad marble stairs of the hospital.
3: And the girl at the switchboard turns to him. Um, what can I do for you, sir?
4: My card.
2: Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get the superintendent. Dr. Garrett, Dr. Mason is here to see you.
0: Mason? Dr. Mason who applied for an internship?
2: Yes, doctor. It is Dr. Mason from Albany.
0: But, that, but that's impossible. Shall I
2: ask him about the
0: telegram? No, 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 no. I'll do it. Send him in,
2: please. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Garrett will see you, sir. First door on the left.
1: Dr.
0: Garrett? Dr. Mason? You are Dr. Mason?
4: I'm sorry that I was delayed, Dr.
0: Garrett. Well, I... Well, just ten minutes ago, I... Yes. Ten minutes ago, you received a telegram. Well, that's right. From your mother. I
4: know. But, man, I... Why look at it? It says that you... That I was killed. Do you mind if I tear up this telegram, Dr. Garrett?
0: Well, I... I don't understand. I was so unnerved by that wire, I... I counted so much on your being here tonight. Christmas Eve, a night always busy with calls. You are short of interns? Oh, yes. Mason, these are the slums. Walk through block after block, and you won't see a doctor shingle. Not one. The people here are too poor. They know only one healer, the intern and his ambulance.
4: And tonight... Night of mercy and goodwill. They would have cried out
0: in vain. Well, now that you've come, I won't have to say to the suffering... Wait. Wait. There's only one ambulance tonight, and that's out on call. Wait and suffer. I have no one to send to you because Dr. Mason was killed. (sighs) Ah. Ah. It's good that you're here, Mason. It it's good. It's good to be here, Dr. Garrett. Well, you better get started. Take the slip down to the storeroom. See that they give you a warm sheepskin coat. Thank you. And a pair of mittens. From there, you go to the ambulance room. I'll have your driver waiting for you. His name is Mac. My
1: name is Mac. The chief says I drive your crate tonight. Crate? Great, jalopy, sick buggy, ambulance, take your pick.
4: Oh, I see what you mean.
1: (laughs) You green interns, you're all the same. The first time you spy our ambulance, your eyes pop wide like you've seen a heavenly chariot or something. (laughs) Not me. I've been driving this old baby for eight rotten years.
4: An ambulance, Mac, is a sacred thing. It is a chariot of mercy.
1: Uh Uh-oh, two bells. That's us. Come on, Mason. That's your first call.
3: 234 South Street, 234 South Street, 234 South Street.
1: me out by watching off for cars cutting into the cross streets. Thing. We don't stop for no red lights. Look, Doc, what did I tell you? Watch it or we'll both be killed. Oh, holy cow, you new interns. You're all alike. You're always dreaming. You put on the white coat and pants and your head goes up in the clouds.
4: Why are you so bitter, Mac?
1: Why shouldn't I be bitter? If it were not for you, I'd be home with the wife right now.
4: You truly believe that only because of me... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, if you hadn't showed up, this ambulance would be parked in the garage, for crying out loud. I would have had the night off, like on a decent job.
4: To you, driving an ambulance is just a job like any other?
1: Yeah, nothing but. Boy, will I be glad when this shift is over.
4: But Mac, this is Christmas Eve.
1: Hey, you're telling me.
4: This is one night, at least, you could forget that driving an ambulance is... a job. The one night you could look upon it as an errand of mercy.
1: An errand of mercy? (laughs) You know where we're going.
4: To help someone
1: afflicted. Afflicted? Afflicted with alcohol, you mean. I'll give you two to one, we're making a stew call. Stew call? Yeah, Mason. We're risking our necks, tearing through traffic, to give some drunk a whiff of smelling salts.
4: Any man who cries out for help, whether he be brimful of drink or empty of blood, his call shall be answered.
1: Yeah, says you. Come on, Mason, make it snappy. We ain't got all night. What did I tell you? A no-good drunk. Here's your bag, Doc.
4: Thank you, Mac. I won't need it.
1: But he's out cold, Mason. Come on, give him a whiff of the stuff, quick, and we blow.
4: Quiet, Mac. Come now. Open your eyes, sir.
1: <laughs> he Calls the drunk, sir. <laughs> Mason, here's the spirit of ammonia. Hold it under his nose, will you? <laughs> that always wakes him up.
4: Quiet, Mac.
1: Come, sir open your eyes. That's right, Mason. You just talk pretty to him and he'll open his eyes. Well, where, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> where am I, he says. <laughs> Why is everybody laughing? What's the matter?
4: Nothing, nothing. <laughs> just put your arm around my shoulder.
0: <clears throat>
4: That's it. Now, let me help you to stand up straight. Oh, There, now. You feel better?
0: What do you know? Oh. Uh
1: Why, I, I... Suddenly, I... I feel all right. I feel fine. My head is so clear.
4: Of course, of course. All you needed was to stand on your own two feet.
1: To be strong. Be of good cheer. Gosh, Doc, that's your wonderful medicine you gave me. Ah, so what kind of gag you pulling? He didn't give you no medicine. There was nothing the matter with you. You toss off a beer and you lay down in the street like you're out cold and we waste an ambulance on you. I got a mind to take a poke at you.
4: That'll be enough, Mac. Tell me, sir, what is your name?
1: Well, if... If it's all the same to you... Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give him your name. He's got to make out a report. Peter Lanton, doctor. Peter,
4: you won't lose faith again. You will stand up, self-reliant, and you will face life courageously and with new hope.
1: Mason, we ain't got all night. Let's get going. Doc. Doc? Yes, Peter.
0: Oh. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you, Doc. Thank you, sir. Dr. Mason? Dr. Mason, I'd like to speak to you. Yes? Mason, Mac tells me that you didn't even open your bag on your first call. No, it wasn't necessary. Well, now, don't misunderstand me, Mason. I, I can't begin to tell you how thankful I am that you're with us this evening, but... um.
4: But from now on, I'm not to use suggestion?
0: Or whatever it was you did use. Please follow standard materia medica in treating your cases. We... You're... You're not offended? Of course not. Well, that's fine, Dr. Mason. Uh, Oh, that's your call again.
3: 19 Water Street, 3rd Floor. Nineteen Water Street, third floor. Nineteen Water Street, third floor.
4: Well, Mac, you seem to be good at guessing. You were right the last time. What sort of call is this one going to be?
1: There's no guessing. It's experience. This time, it's no drunk.
4: Oh? What do you think it is?
1: A birth, or maybe a death.
4: Christmas Eve, and someone is to live or die? It is better that one should live on Christmas Eve. Mac, let it be a birth we're going to.
1: No difference to me, Doc. birth or a death. I just drive.
4: How long have you been doing it, Mac?
1: Huh? Oh, oh yeah, like I told you, eight rotten years, that's how long.
4: What you call eight rotten years were truly eight glorious years filled with service to your fellow men.
1: Oh, cut the chatter, Mason. Uh, this is it, number 19, this red brick house, upstairs. Come on, make it snappy, it's third floor rear. Doctor! Doctor! Here! Up here! Keep your shirt on! We're coming! Even if you hurry. (laughs) Doctor!
4: (laughs) Tears on Christmas Eve, young man.
1: I'm I'm afraid you're too late. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. If you thought it'd be a birth, you're wrong, Mason. It sure looks like... Wait, Mac. Don't say it.
4: Now, now. (laughs) Perhaps we're not too late. Tell me, how is the mother?
1: She's all right. But our baby.
4: Yes, your baby?
1: Crippled. Terribly crippled. I. We prayed for our child to be born on Christmas Eve. We. We thought we'd be so happy
0: tonight. <laughs>
4: Come now, come. No tears. Not on Christmas Eve. I'll have a look at the infant. Wait here.
1: Make it snappy, Mason. Doc Garrett's always nervous when all the ambulances are out. (sighs) It's only nine o'clock. Hey, what's the idea of bringing the kid out here? Oh, let me hold him, Doctor. Please. Of course. There. There you are. (laughs) The child knows his father.
5: Yes. He knows me. He knows me. But he'll hate me when he's old enough to realize that...
1: (gasps) Doctor! Yes?
0: His arms!
1: His arms! What about the kid's arms? They're straight. Straight as arrows! So what? But, but, before, they were terribly twisted. Both his arms were terribly crippled.
4: You can see for yourself the child is normal.
1: But, 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 but I tell you, before, when I looked at... I swear they were twisted. And, and now? You were under great
4: tension. Perhaps your imagination.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my my little son. Aren't his tiny fingers so tiny?
4: (laughs) Now go in and tell your wife truthfully that her baby is normal in every way. Show her. Yes, yes. You both looked forward to a happy Christmas Eve. It is. Remember, tears are not for Christmas Eve.
1: Hey. Uh, come on, Mason. Think of all that good fairy stuff. This fella's hopped up enough as it is. Let's go. Yes, Mac? Oh, Doctor? Yes? Uh, a, a merry...
4: Merry Christmas, Doctor. Thank you. A merry Christmas to you, sir.
0: Mason. Dr Mason. Yes, Dr Garrett.
4: You've been looking for me?
0: Yes, I
3: 471 Orchard Street. 471 Orchard. Oh,
0: Street. Only one bell. Go on, Dr Garrett. Well, I must speak to you, Mason, about about the telegram. Yes. The telegram which said that Dr Mason was killed. The one you said was a mistake. Did I, Dr Garrett? I've just spoken to the sender of that telegram. I have just finished talking to Dr. Mason's mother on the long distance telephone.
3: 1514 Summer Street. 1514 That's my call. Summer Street.
4: I'm sorry, I must go, doctor.
0: No. Wait. Wait, man. Wait. I want to talk to you. Listen to me, please. Dr. Mason was killed. Do you hear? Three hours before you walked into my office, he was killed while driving to the Albany Railroad Station, and his mother saw him die.
4: Well, Mac, what is this call going to be?
1: A, uh...
4: A birth? Or a death?
1: I don't know, Mason, but I don't... I don't like this one. There's something about this call that uh, gives me a funny chill all of a sudden.
4: Because it's in your neighborhood?
1: Huh? What do you think this call is going to be?
4: Because it is your wife? Ellie? Is this job a rotten job, Mac, now that you can rush a doctor to her side? Is this ambulance still a crate, now that it's speeding to answer your own wife's cry of pain?
1: Stop that kind of talk, will you? You're trying to make me think something's happened to Ellie. I ain't afraid. I'll say it again. Yeah, yeah, driving this crate is still a job. And a bum one at that.
4: In the eight years?
1: Rotten years. Wasted years. I could have had my own garage and repair business. I'd be in the chips today instead of
4: Yes, you would have made more money.
1: Instead of risking my neck driving all night, twisting in and out of the L pillars, <laughs> skidding on slippery car tracks.
4: Why, Mac? Why did you do it?
1: How many times I gotta tell you that nothing in this cock eyed world could've kept me sitting back of this wheel except my wife? If it wasn't for Ellie, I'd
4: What's the matter, Mac?
1: Uh nothing, I guess. Uh, that house we just passed, that was ours, and the, uh, the lights were out.
4: Is that unusual?
1: Nah, uh, it just means Allie ain't home. She, uh, she, she's probably gone down to the corner as far as the drugstore. Yeah, yeah, Allie likes to walk the dog there every night about this time, and, and, uh, Yes, Mac? The call we're going to is that drugstore. Yes, Mac. Mason, you got a hunch what it is. Tell me what it is.
4: It is not a birth, Mac.
1: Let me through. Let me through. I got it. Ellie. Ellie. It's, it's Ellie Mason. Do something. You got to do something. Please. Please.
4: We will take her to the hospital, Mac.
3: 812. East River Road. 812. East River Road. 812. Come, let's get ready. River the next
4: call will be ours.
3: Get, get ready?
4: Yes, you heard. The other ambulance just went out.
1: Are you crazy? My, my, my wife is upstairs in the operating room, and you expect me to leave the hospital to go out and drive?
4: There are people who need us, Mac. Our work tonight is not yet finished.
1: But Ellie needs me. What do I care about other people?
4: There are people, Mac, who will cry out for help, as your wife did. We will
1: answer. Not me. I ain't moving.
4: It is Christmas Eve,
1: Mac. Christmas Eve? What a Christmas present I got! <laughs>
3: Six Four West Street. Six Four West
1: Street. Six. It's our turn, Mac. West. All right, Mason. But this is my last trip for the night. No, no, not for the night. Forever. I'm through. Do you hear? All washed up for good.
0: Terribly sorry, Mac. We did the best that we could.
1: Dying? Ellie's dying.
0: She she asked for you, Mac. Just once. It was while you were out on that West Street call. Then she lapsed into a coma.
1: Ellie Ellie Is there a chance, Doc Garrett?
0: I I doubt
1: it. While I'm out with the crate, my wife calls for me, and now she's unconscious. Think of others, think of others, he said, because it's Christmas Eve. What do you got to say now, Mason? You took her from me. You made me go out and drive that rotten ambulance while she... she...
4: (laughs) You went to help others, to bring aid to the suffering.
1: A lot of consolation that is.
4: Remember how the old woman blessed you with tears in her eyes?
1: <laughs> I can't think of nothing but Ellie's good. Did you are with your big ideas and your fine speeches? What do you know about sorrow and suffering?
4: All that there is to know, my son.
1: <sighs> just 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 now when you when you said that for a, for a second, you, you got old. You, you look more than a thousand years old. God, I must be seeing things on account. Ellie's leaving me and I'm crazy, crazy with grief and sorrow. Grief
4: and sorrow for you. Yet how much you did to relieve others of that pain.
1: It's funny, Mason. But, but yes, Mac. When when you said those words, I, I I thought of my eight years, the eight rotten years, and and they didn't uh, they did they they didn't seem so bad, not anymore. Now I I I, I kind of like them.
4: Sorrow worketh repentance you should mac you should glory in them eight years of bringing a healer healer to the suffering eight years of rushing the torn and the smashed to the hands of the mender
1: your your words they just they they just take the pain right out of me they they just draw it out
4: now that your work for this night is finished mac i will walk home with you go home
1: While Ellie... While Ellie is... (laughs) Yes. Okay, if you say so, Mason. But for the life of me, I don't know why
5: I take your word.
1: What a break. What a rotten break I got on Christmas Eve.
4: You love her a great deal, don't you? Yeah. Soon, it will be midnight.
1: Merry Christmas.
4: How did she greet you each night when you returned from your driving?
1: How did Ellie greet... uh, why, Why do you ask that,
4: Mason? Tell me, Mac. I want you to say it.
1: Well, she, uh... Tell me. She was like... Like a happy, anxious kid. She'd go out and put on the porch light. Didn't matter if the weather was terrible. I used to ball her out for it, <laughs> tell her she'd catch pneumonia, but, but she'd always put on the porch light and stand outside there, waiting, waiting for-
4: <laughs> Waiting for her shining night, returning from his errands of mercy.
1: As soon as she'd see me come around that next corner, she'd call to me. And now,
4: will you continue your
1: driving? Yeah, I'm I'm sticking to it, Mason. Even though Ellie won't be around, I'm sticking.
4: This is your corner. Yeah. Look to your house, my son.
1: The light, the light, I porch light, it's on. Mason, your eyes, Mason, Mason? Where are you?
4: Look to your house, my son.
1: <gasps> no. It it can't be. Mac. Mac. It's Ellie. Ellie, darling. It is you. Mac. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And forgive me. I did not know who you were.
2: You have just heard the Narada Radio Theater's presentation of Grand Central Station's traditional Christmas drama. In a moment, I'll return with the names of the players who gave such an inspired performance.
3: Our play, Miracle for Christmas, was written by Jay Bennett and was originally broadcast on December 24th, 1949. It was adapted for this performance by our director, Pete Lutz. Our players were... John Bell as Mac, Dana Gonzales as Dr. Mason,
2: Jessica Matthews as the switchboard girl and Ellie, Chuck Wilson as Dr. Garrett, Dawn Robertson as the dispatcher, Pete Lutz as the drunk and the young father, and Ross Bernhardt as the voice in the crowd. Music was by Dr. Ross Bernhardt.
3: Your narrators were Michelle Barnett and myself, Dawn Robertson. Now, on behalf of our director in the Narada Radio Company, I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Join us again next week for our third special holiday
2: program, Santa's Stolen Toy Sack, right here on Mutual. And now, a Happy New Year And good night from the Mutual Audio Network.
5: There are a number of everyday precautions that we can all take that may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The first is to make sure to clean your hands often. Now, washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds is the best. But if you don't have that, try to use a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol. And to the extent possible, avoid touching high-touch surfaces in public places. These are things like elevator buttons, door handles, handrails, or, of course, handshaking with people. Wash your hands after touching surfaces in public places. Avoid touching your face, your nose, and your eyes. And clean and disinfect your home to remove germs. Practicing routine cleaning of frequently touched surfaces like tables, doorknobs, light switch handles will make a difference. Avoid crowds, especially in poorly ventilated spaces. All these small things that we can do may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.